bioleadership says, or the thing we call leadership, human progress, human innovation, I definitely don't mean leadership as individuals kind of heroically standing in front of people charging around with followers. I mean leadership as like, how do we lead our lives and our work collectively? And so bioleadership says, the the dominant the business as usual form of leadership in the world is a root cause of the problems that we're trying to address our our mode of guiding progress is is part of the problem so how do you to use language that you'd use probably i guess is you know how do you hack into that dna how do you hack into that code and and effectively bioleadership says imagine we could rekindle a new form of guiding human progress by working with nature as our partner and as part of nature you're listening to the spaceship earth podcast with me dan burgess uh this is episode 22 thanks for tuning in it means a lot um this episode is with andres roberts who is uh founder of the bio leadership project co-founder of way of nature uk and someone I have uh, a huge amount of respect for uh, for what he is doing in the world. And um, Andres, in his words, would say he supports new forms of human progress by working with the principles of living systems and the wisdom of nature. Gotta love that. This was a conversation we had uh, in May, Andres's place in Bristol. Um, it's taken a few weeks for it to uh, see the light of day because it's all been a bit busy round here um but anyway i want to get fairly quickly into it i just want to say this is very much um it's a conversation but actually we we end up andrews and i end up jamming quite a bit on some of these ideas uh, mainly because um there's some threads which we're both exploring within our work and actually are the opportunity to do this podcast was also an opportunity to kind of maybe chew on some stuff that felt very much of this moment and as you get into it you'll you'll feel that but if you're i guess um feeling the kind of heat at the moment around uh climate emergency climate breakdown ecological breakdown if you're feeling that stuff then you may uh, enjoy this conversation this is very much uh, an exploration i guess of what it feels like to be living and particularly kind of leading or um, yeah, leading really in this, and whatever that means, but leading in this time. If you accept this stuff is happening, if you're feeling this kind of pressure for radical change, but you're sort of, you know, also um, working within the confines of a system which doesn't recognize it, which doesn't uh, incentivize, reward, encourage you to shift to change your way of leading, to change your way of organizing, to reimagine the type of work you're doing. Let's face it, most most industries, most categories, most businesses, most organizations are not looking for kind of radical shifts right now. They're just looking to keep um, keep profiting and uh, you know sustaining themselves as things are, really. Um, and yet the, uh, the planet is actually screaming at us to, uh, to, to drop this stuff and, and to reimagine something which is um, uh, in, in tune with life, in sync with life, um, which is um, regenerative in nature, which is kind of life-giving versus kind of destructive, um, extractive, polluting, uh, mind and soul-destroying to people. Um, 
that's a really difficult shift. So um, I think this what, where we get to in this conversation is really what what is it like to be and to be leading and organising in these times, and how do we step across this threshold in light of what we're all experiencing and understanding now? Um, and really, I guess it's uh, it's 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 exploring um, courage and new ways of thinking and being uh, and doing in the world. And so, yeah, that's the jam. Um, so if you're in that space or, or feeling that, please have a listen. This, this could be for you. This is episode 22 of the Spaceship Earth podcast with Andres Roberts. Andres, welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Thanks, Dan. It's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, in your garden. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm making a bit of a habit of uh, of sort of. Um, well, actually, I was in I was in Chris Salisbury's garden in in uh, in Devon last month. Huh. Um, and now we're in we're in Bristol, yeah, which is nice. There's no chickens in your garden. No, a little bit of drilling in the background. <laughs> Good sort of urban vibes. Yeah, the um, flowers are coming. It's nice to have you here. It's beautiful. It's um, we've got like it's really quite warm. Mm. Yeah, and it's a, a pleasant afternoon. So mm. thanks for um, thanks for letting me intrude. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, feeling like spring and the days are full and interesting projects happening and and. Uh, We've been saying this is a moment in time, yeah. haven't we? Preparing for this, so <laughs> I know it's a bit. It's a bit of a moment. It does feel like a moment right now, isn't it? Mm. I mean, um, I've been ranting quite a lot on the internet in the last few weeks about, you know, what this moment is, how it's feeling for me. But maybe we could start with a bit. Of, well, actually, yeah, let's start with a bit of how you feel before we get into your your other stuff. How do I feel? Yeah, right now. Yeah, it feels very full actually at this at this moment in time. It feels it feels like something has moved, like as a field, so something has moved. Mm. Uh, it feels like, um, I mean, Extinction Rebellion, of course, of course, is such an important reference point right now. But mm. I- in that week and after that week and and since then, and w- what are we now? Sort of maybe five weeks after the yeah, the, London, the big London events. Yeah, and it's middle of May, isn't it? Um, late May. I, I well, as soon as you as soon as you ask me how do I feel, uh, I wanted to say hope. Mm. Um, I don't quite think that's the right word, but but something has opened new windows. Not necessarily huge, big windows. It's not massive tipping points, mm. but lots of small movements, lots of small openings, lots of lots of smaller questions or small questions in more places. Right. So. Um, what do I feel? It feels like if we're talking about what you and I talk about, which is sort of what kinds of changes are happening, what's mm. happening, you know, culturally, what's um, it feels like when you see many, many fish swimming in the ocean and, and all of a sudden a, a, a part of that uh, shoal shifts direction. You know, it's l- lots of little movements like that might be happening. Mm. Um, like that. Is that a feeling? Yeah, it's that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt that as you, as you were explaining it. I was I that. Yeah, that connects. You, um, I want to like give the listeners some context on you, um, before we sort of dig into the now in, and go deeper. But, um, I mean, I've known you for a few years, but can you just give people a sense of your journey to now, just so they've got some context when we go sort of deeper into what's currently really alive for you in your work, but just give a sense of how sure. you've kind of got to where you've got to. Sure, hmm. sure, sure. Um, I graduated and went into a job always feeling like 
I needed to break the system a little bit. You know, I didn't want to be part of the of a treadmill. Um, and and in my mid twenties, I I the first thing that I did to 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 stop sort of my formal employment was create a, an agency that was about playfulness. And when I think about that now, it was about how to create experiences that feel more human and more alive. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Like that in itself seems quite an exciting or interesting thing, sort of a, an agency for playfulness. Tell me about that. It's it's nice. I mean, it feels like there's a lot of space between that and now. But but um, I have a really strong memory of uh, I graduated and I, and I just went for a, a job that paid well. Yeah. Knowing that I, th I think I already felt like I'd be some kind of entrepreneurial character. I I'd start my own thing, so I was a bit stubborn and I was a bit. I was just convinced I'd do my own thing. So, it's, but the, but the first job I found. Do you mean time zone on this? this has it been what? Uh, I graduated in 1999. Right. So 90s. between 1999 and sort of 2004, I was I was at Barclays Bank, and I was in marketing and strategy roles, <clears throat> and I remember looking behind me one day at this bank and row of uh, tables and desks and there was uh, someone who I thought was a really very wonderful person. She looked totally devastated just by being there, just just by being in that place. She, and to me, she looked like she'd fallen asleep. And it, already then, I'd started to look into how engaged are people at work really, you know, how uh, alive do they feel feel and I remember a statistic that stands out for me that I that I found back then was that only 14% of people feel engaged in their work wow <clears throat> and I, I interestingly 15 more 20 years later um recently another piece of research came out and that statistic hasn't changed that much really mm. really um so something was happening for me around how have we created social systems, structures, organizations, businesses that are not necessarily conducive to us feeling alive, human, all of ourselves, mm. dot, dot, dot. And fast forward 15, 20 years later, I extend that to and part of nature. Um, you know, so what started off with an experience of or exploring what is human, what is positive, what is good, what is uh, alivening, uh, became also about wholeness. It became about good for ourselves, but good for the whole. Um, and that became a lot of what I do today, which maybe you'll, you'll ask me about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the, um, you know, when you said, when you, you know, the, the kind of the build into the natural, the natural world or connection to nature. Where did that start to come through for you on the, on your journey? About 10 years ago, um, three things happened at the same time actually uh, I was creating these experiences and the experiences were about helping people shift away from the everyday ordinary um, I don't mean that in a negative sense I just I just there were experiences about helping us step into places where we felt wonder and awe and amazement and it was a lot of fun, but I think I started to sort of stall a little bit and feel a little bit lonely in it. And then um, the three things that happened, when one one was a master's program, which we share. Right, yeah. Um, That's our connection point. Um, and I thought that was going to be a kind of green MBA that would teach me about different kinds of social 
system, different kinds of business structure, response, corporate responsibility type stuff. I didn't really know, but it's interesting. I, you know, I was kind of exploring, we need something different. And my God, <laughs> in, in the first month of that, I asked, I started to ask myself the question of who, who the hell am I? <laughs> mm. How do I see the world? How, how do we see, how do we see the world? Yeah. So that was, a, that was a, a little shift for me. Um, I also started to work with an agency that specialized in in learning in a much more human way. And that gave me a perspective of how the dominant model of how we organize ourselves is actually really constraining and limit, really limited. Mm. Um, you know, even notions such as management structures with job descriptions can can be constraining and limiting to our creativity mm. so, so that happened and then and then another thing that happened was through the masters and through uh someone who i met on the program i, I had the invitation to, to go and do my first 24-hour solo in the wilderness where i uh, sat on the edge of a mountain for 24 hours looking out on an incredible view with nothing other than my own thoughts and feelings and senses and it was just the best time it was it was just amazing I, i'd never been able to listen to myself that way um it wasn't just that i could hear my own thoughts I, but i noticed where they came from um and i got such a sense of joy and um gratitude and privilege being in that place and such a sense of just wonder at this incredible place that I was in that that, that everything shifted from that moment really hmm. um, how did you was that um tell us about that 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 experience that wilderness experience that was was that US was that a US thing or was no that it wasn't UK? it was in Spain right it was in Spain and did you going through that mas going through the masters I think we'll be all right yeah I'll let it that because um think these mics will hold it okay yeah um so yeah i'm interested in that so that that so that experience that 24-hour solo going back to that kind of master's program because something i'd love to explore a bit more anyway was that's the sort of i mean you know hearing your response to that experience that learning experience that two years right hmm. um and i've heard a lot of people you know that i know and people we all know that have been through that process there's a, a lot of unraveling that occurred on that uh, mm. um did you find so this 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 invitation to step to step more into the natural world or to to, to open yourself up more to it through an experience like that did that feel very intuitive then coming through that program as where to sort of you know if that person i'm saying i guess if, if you hadn't if that person hadn't popped up and uh talked to you about this thing do you think you were sort of traveling that way it's interesting because I think the reason I ask because I feel yeah. I because I, it's something about this learning piece because I, I I've also got a question about these particular when we think about the moments we're living in right now about when we unravel ourselves when mm. we expose ourselves completely to you know to not knowing and we let go of all these dominant ways that we've been trained or <laughs> groomed almost to be mm. it, it's 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 a place of real I mean I found it at times to be extremely um, lonely and vulnerable and sometimes the building back up piece the yeah how do you sort of integrate yourself back into is often sort of a little bit missing maybe so i was just curious of how fast that this sort of happened for you through the program and 
Because um, I get a sense quite a few people did maybe came out of that program slightly lost. Do you know, it's interesting because I, I get it. You remind me of the Leonard Cohen quote about the crack being where the light gets in. Right. And we haven't said it, but some of what I do effectively is like a contemporary form of rite of passage for grown-ups mm. as well as young guns mm. and you know and um and a traditional rite of passage there is a, a, a stepping across a threshold away from what you perceive to be normal and to go into an experience where you 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 get a shift of perspective and sometimes that feels challenging mm. and then you bring that back to community to your life bearing gifts you know f for yourself but also for that community um so there's that little edge of discomfort or there's that little edge of stepping into the unknown and new and unraveling potentially or disassembling mm. to well, it's a bit of a mechanical term but unraveling is better yeah um at the same time as me starting that masters i'd just gone through a breakup actually and i remember introducing myself to the first group in that masters and everybody was saying really lovely things about like oh you know i'm married to such and such and i've got two kids and this is the job that i do or oh you know here i am and you know and, and everybody feel, felt very complete <laughs> <laughs> and i and i literally just moved out of the home that i shared with someone and uh, i had no idea where i was going to be in the next six months or year of my life it was com it was completely on the unknown and for that reason that that process for me was incredibly supportive. I was already sort of on the edge of, I was I was already stepping into something that had kind of broken effectively. Yeah, and that I completely soaked up and absorbed and went into the ideas, the tools, the models that were about um, asking how do we see life and how do we see ourselves and 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 uh, let's be dead honest about the paradigm that we're in and let's be dead honest about what humanity is doing at the moment. So so in a way I was already in that empty um uh shaken yeah place that so not, that settles that not th knowing space. And yeah and, and things could settle in a different way. Because mm. um, that's because that's interesting, isn't it? I mean I've, I've, let's let's carry on with the, the next because I, it's making me think again. I mean we talked about this uh, earlier on today, but about that um, I think some of us that went on that journey of feeling quite isolated mm. when, when when you're shifting your worldview so dramatically because I, I remember my, my journey was just you know it was I sort of think deep down intuitively I'd always sense that something was at least from my view was radically wrong about you know what was perceived as normal progress <laughs> you know um, just again, not in a logic say, but just I've been carrying a lot of uncomfort for mm. many years about feeling, you know, just removed from from what is alive. And but I remember like these realizations, and then obviously the the learning programs and the content that sort of then gave me the evidence maybe I was looking for, or mm. you know what I mean, or the sort of um, perspectives which which I was like, ah. Oh, it was almost like a for me a sort of like it's not it's not just me, you know. But yet at that time, and then we think of where we're at today with everything that's emerging, it still felt quite lonely because outside of that group, I guess, 
yeah. I still felt coming back into back into my work, back into my family, back into my community. You know, that idea of bringing something back. I actually felt it. I felt that was quite difficult still to bring this these ideas back into. If that makes sense, definitely. Um, whereas it feels like you know, going back to this moment we're in now, that yeah. maybe sort of you know, there's a there's a there's 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 an opening, like you said, like even at the the idea of these windows, it feels like things are opening up uh, because maybe more 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 people are are feeling now or sensing this these troubles, I guess. Yeah. Um, as you as you say that one one of the things. Um, two thoughts came came to mind. One is, uh, in this moment in time, I think people are talking a lot about truth, right? And um, I can imagine the ten years ago that I did that program, and y- you before that. What what we started to do was look at facts that felt more true, just about the state of the world, you know, and. Um, it's a very difficult thing. If, if if you can create an objective space to look at what is happening, um, and I, I do this, we'll talk a bit about the bioleadership yeah. work, I guess, but, but the first step in the bioleadership work says, let's kind of step back and almost as if we were aliens or scientists looking at the Petri dish and the Petri dish has got the earth and, and we're asking a question of how do we navigate, what, what are we navigating, what are we doing on the planet as a species? Um... Um, well, where was I going with that? Um, oh yeah, we're asking about what what's truth. So, so ten years ago, we were looking at whoa. Th- the truth is, it's it's speed, it's production, it's consumption, it's an unhealthy kind of competition, and so on and so on. But so few people are, are really are making space to look at that reality. And certainly, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, whereas now, this moment, it feels like people are declaration of climate emergency that's just an honesty it's a it's a truth it's a statement of like this is now this is the moment this is the time that we're living in that mm. n- that feels different um what were you gonna say yeah no i was i was just um yeah absolutely no i think that's that's absolutely and i wonder also whether so i'm quite interested i've always been quite interested and in, and obviously interested in your work as well and something that i've is this you know these different ways of knowing this different forms of intelligence that we carry as human beings <laughs> that at least I my own experience is you know being brought up in a system which hasn't really um which at least in my experience has not has not given me the confidence to trust those mm. other forms of knowing so and when we talk about the work that you know you've been developing first through way of nature and then into the bio leadership and i think some of the work that was coming through this this the master's program about that kind of different forms of knowledge and different ways of knowing the world mm. um i i i've had this chat before with so we've been trying to explore why is it that maybe maybe that's stronger for some of us than others or that that, oh, right. that sensing and so you know, when we think about this moment in time now, my sense is also that more people are feeling a different form of intelligence maybe that's coming through, yeah. not just what the head has been telling us. Yeah. You know, that's sort of, you know, the, the logic-driven um, uh, order, I guess, of things that, 
that certainly seems to have dominated so much of at least you know my sort of the 90s and 2000s and mm. you know, how you learn how you get ahead how you do well in the world um and so there's this sort of for me there's been this kind of sensing thing that's been sitting underneath this right um and again going back to the natural world for, for me anyway is that there's a there's a tuning in that that's that sort of almost um um what's the word um for me there's a sort of uh that that different way of knowing is um it feels when i'm thinking about a relationship to the non-human world that different way of knowing is very accepted it's 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 tr it's trusted it's mm. uh, you know it's almost um honored in many ways mm. and so i wonder as 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 we're in this moment of time you know are are, are is there are more of us starting to maybe trust this wow. this new knowledge? I don't know. It's just wow. it's just it's just a <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a few a few things come to mind. One, interestingly, as, as soon as you started to exp we started to talk about this moment, uh, um, I've been using uh, a, a transactional analysis as as a frame for what's happening at right. the moment. Tell and me about that. I, I don't know if you know this, but. And apologies to people who are very no. skilled in as psychologists <laughs> and so on in this. I've got lots of highly skilled psychologist <laughs> listeners, so we'll we'll just challenge um, them now. So I'll, I'll wait for I'll, wait for, I'll hear the collective scream in a moment. Um, my layman's definition of it is that when we meet each other in life, we can meet each other at three levels: as adults, as children, or as parents. You know, we go we go to those three different places. So you or I, even in this conversation, I might approach you and I'm going to talk to you as an adult level, mm -hmm. or parent, or child. You know, if I if I come at you, maybe a, one version of child might be, Dan, you did this to me, and I go to a bit of a victim position, or yeah. you know, I sort of become a bit sub subservient in some kind of way. Or if I go to parent, I start to preach and shout at you and yeah. put you down and so on and so on and of course we're, we're only human so when we meet one another in life um if you do something that triggers me you might do something that sends me to a child position or you might do something that takes me to a parent position and you might do something parent and that will trigger me to go parents or you might do something child to to prompt me to go child you know so that that's how we meet each other right. and I, i've been thinking for a long time anything that is nature-based spiritual about caring soft skilled and so on and so on gets put into the child position by society or i i think potentially a, a lot of activist type roles have something to explore have potentially placed themselves in that child place because the world is doing something to them mm. it's very very subtle but you know you, you we feel it like so so either people like us for a long time over the last say 100 years have placed in the like they're the sweet people in the corner looking after pandas yeah. or we're the we're the little people fighting the big man and um i i wonder if something that's happened which for me feels like it's accelerated just over the last three four years or so is that and acceleration maybe isn't the right term but something that is emerged is that we as folks who want to bring a sense of balance, connection, regenerative development, uh, care into how we do things, 
are saying, we're going to stay at an adult level. You know, and are you willing to work with us at the adult, adult to adult level? This is no longer just a nice thing to do on the edge. It's no longer about trying to protect the panda because it's a nice animal. I'm not saying that it ever has been about that. But to the rest of the world, we're saying this is the most legitimate, valuable, important kind of innovation. Um, and who's willing to work with us at it? And and for me, that's a big shift. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's um, there's something in that for sure. I want to dig into the a bit more into the bio leadership idea, but I just want to I do want to just get a a little bit of the context of Wave Nature because that was the the journey that you were on, and that came from the US, right? Wave Nature. Tell us a bit, a little bit about that idea and what what it involves and and where, how you brought it into this country. Way of Nature um, was in, initiated and still is is held. Um, by someone called John P. Milton, and John is now 80. Uh, as a teenager, in fact, before that, but as a teenager, he'd already started to guide what we'd call a vision quest in the US, and a vision quest, respectfully, across different cultures, is a process of preparing oneself to go out into the wilderness and to be with nature in a very still way, in a very stripped back way to notice and to notice um, how life goes, both life as nature outside, but but life as nature inside. Um, and then you would come back from that process and, and reintegrate that knowledge and understanding back into life. Um, so John, from a very young age, practiced that and developed a way of doing it and of course there are there are traditions all around the world that have done it in particular ways um uh for, for a long long time you know and and all of our ancestors in some form or another i think have probably done it and we know that jesus went into the wild and the buddha sat under the tree and so on and so on so it's right across human culture um specifically john brought in a lot for me some of what i take most from from working with John is uh, Eastern philosophy. So from Taoism, the capacity to work with yin and yang, you know, the active energy, but also uh, the receptive energy of, of yin. In some traditions, you'd call it the divine masculine and divine feminine. That's not gender, but it, again, it's that sort of dance of creation and uh, 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 entropy of diffusion of of fading away for something new to emerge that dance of being active but also yielding um so um way of nature is a way of working with these nature immersions going deep into nature combined with ultimately what you know you'd say is a spiritual or wisdom practice of a capacity to to be a different way and sense a different way to receive to um connect with how life flows uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and i and you know i've been watching obviously the you know the development of that and it's fascinating to see and I, one thing i was really uh, really loved seeing it was last year or the year before was the um i can't what you called it but you know you've basically been trying to trying to train more people up to be able to go out in the world and do this work mm. it, was the, it was a it was a program you developed wasn't it but i love that what was it 
um well, we had a we had a guy training program right. and we had we had a, we, we have these connectors camps you know for people who are nature connectors yeah. to try and sort of connectors L- lots of little things like that yeah but it's fascinating because i mean what i hear so much of and have to you know in all my work over the last few years particularly you know at the grassroots in communities whether it's you know trying to figure out how to self-organize and participate in a lot of the a lot of the breaking down of stuff that's happening mm. and um you know moving from a model where you had maybe you know sort of state delivering all these services and things you know and relationships or whatever <clears throat> but again just sort of just this real sense of and probably again a part of this kind of um slightly mechanized world that we're still sort of maybe industrialized world or maybe we're starting to feel we're on a <laughs> the spell is starting to run out but there's a real always coming up against this need for um more individuals that can that can help you know that can become bridges for people that can help people make these transitions and you know th- sort of see the world slightly differently and mm. you know develop themselves to be more resilient in our societies and so the these programs of helping people become connectors become they that feels like such a valuable place right now you know mm. it's quite a hard place for people to to function without support and mentoring and development and you know mm. so um so yeah i was just cu- it's cu- lovely to see and i was curious as how are you seeing more i guess you're seeing more and more interest in this stuff um, <laughs> it feels like it's r- it's so close to where I'm at with my own learning and my own story. It's 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 been fascinating because, uh, you know, we were saying it was ten years ago that I did my first quest for myself. Which what nature quest is what we call the process of going out alone. Um, and before that, I'd been doing the kind of play based experiential stuff for six years. And mm. before that, I was already learning about sort of systems and strategies so so all of a sudden you have 20 years of knowledge about how to do it and i've trained with john and with elders from different traditions and i've met very very special people and all of a sudden for some reason i just have a mix of knowing how to do things and this it seems very valuable and helpful for people um you know people tell me wow when they go through one of our quests tonight and i help them it's a it's a very supportive transformative process and and then of course I I want to try and help the moment that we're in and I want to try and help a web of people be able to bring some of these principles of connection and care um and positive change more to the surface. So we've definitely been exploring um how to create space and connections to help more people do it and there's definitely interest in doing that. Mm. I can't say I've been doing it very well. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really it's really hard and 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 it's a really great example of how because for me it sh- it must not feel like a hierarchical thing. It must not feel like a centralized thing. It, it, you know, how would nature grow this? Mm. And um that's uh, it's that but this whole this whole challenge of what what comes after you know highly structured highly organized centralized hierarchical systems to things that are organic self-organizing 
with um with the bio leadership frames do you want me to say a bit about what bio because because i'm um, let's do it yeah i mean just to sort of headline bio leadership says the the in this broader sense possible leadership or the thing we call leadership human progress human innovation i definitely don't mean leadership as individuals kind of heroically standing in front of people charging around with followers i mean leadership is like how do we lead our lives and our work collectively and so bio leadership says the the dominant the business as usual form of leadership in the world is a root cause of the problems that we're trying to address our our mode of guiding progress is is part of the problem so how do you to use language that you'd use probably i guess is you know how do you hack into that dna how do you hack into that code and and effectively bio leadership says imagine we could re kindle a new form of guiding human progress by working with nature as our partner and as part of nature so th that's the whole bio leadership work um and the start point for that goes into just to find common ground you know just to make a, a sort of common start point in the in in the sand is um what are the principles of business as usual um so in that in that conversation you might say some of the principles are maximization you know we're perpetually trying to grow things w one of the principles might be uh centralized or hierarchical control mm. and and there are others but the reason i'm saying all of that now is because soon after we framed that we say so what 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 the hell are we trying to navigate then what, what what are we trying to move in the world and the principles are helpful because we then say well we might be trying to move from maximization to a different principle that might be in natural systems you'd say optimization you know the 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 different elements contain themselves in some kind of balance and we talk about um how do we move from hierarchies to a perspective of living systems but the key key bit that um you prompted me to, to bring up is that we're deliberately calling them movements and we're trying not to make that feel binary because i don't think it is about saying we have to stop all forms of hierarchy or, or structure so that everything is totally free-flowing we're trying to we're trying to find something that does both things at the same time I, 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 my sense is that the conventional forms of structure, which feel like very linear structures, need to change. But there is still some form of organizing code that exists, and and that's what we're trying to sort of uh, innovate. And that's that's what we're trying to sort of change. I really like that. Um, somebody called Gary Hamill wrote a book called The Future of Management. Uh, probably 10 years ago now and he I, uh, something that stayed with me with that is that management is just a technology it's a, it's a technology that emerged um mainly from military processes and and, uh, and procedures and and we still use that technology today it's a technology that's over 100 years out out of date but but we can change technology yeah <laughs> so we need a new technology for <coughs> how we organize ourselves it's making me think of a couple of <coughs> On the management uh, quote tip, as <laughs> another thing, I can't remember who was this. I think it might have been Stephen Covey, but this is idea, this I, this thing about you know we we cannot think our way out of what we've behaved our way into. Um, right? Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And so I think there's a that feels interesting for me right now because um again it's this sort of you know, it's the logic mind. Yes. Trying to think of this sort of you know, how do we I see you know, I feel this a lot at the moment with this, you know and actually this is very much in the moment, the sort of these opposing views of, you know, you know, you've got the sort of <coughs> neoliberal, let's keep going with the <coughs> the capitalist model and those who work hard will survive and flourish and degrade, you know, and mm. no sense of, um, uh, of, uh, you know, any form of, 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 um, you know, ecological logic that's, you know, that's sort of holding this whole system together. And then you've got the sort of like, you know, green growth and, you know, let's keep growing, but let's do it in a green way, you know, mm. um, sustainable growth, all this kind of stuff, which, you know, you know, you, there's, there's, there's a lot of holes opening up in that area and, <coughs> You know, um, I think, you know, I mentioned before, but, you know, like Jen Bendel's work, you know, the deep adaptation work, mm. and, you know, someone that's obviously spent his whole career at the kind of sustainable development, you know, let's do business, but let's do it sustainably, you know, it's obviously, mm. you know, and sort of really just rejecting that, that idea. And, and, and so it is a, it, it is an interesting time, isn't it? For this, you know, how to lead when the stories that we've been leading by <laughs> are, are are sort of um coming apart mm. um yeah and how that because that that requ like you say when you say it's a it's a, a a different form of leadership or human technology almost that's needed but we're we're right in we're facing right into this right now aren't we it's like really yeah palpable yeah. Um, tell me about the because obviously you're the, the by leadership now. I mean, it's what is it? A couple of years you've been is it since you launched this? It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about that journey and and where it's at right now. Um, what what made you flip from you know what 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 was the kind of catalyst for for the by leadership? It's uh, it's nice actually. I mean, I can to to be very practical about it. I, I was invited to do a program in Brazil which was the beginning of a social innovation process where they said, look, would you run a four-day module uh, and we're going to call it bioempathy? And they'd already designed part of it. And um, that was about social leadership. Uh, they wanted to bring in biomimicry into it and they wanted to bring something about systems in it. And it's... I, I'd started doing that about actually four years ago. That was the seed of some of what became bioleadership. But it was the first moment where I thought, wow, I've got a, a, a very open, encouraging invitation to do something that says leadership begins with reconnecting with nature. And of course, I was already doing the nature guiding and the solos and so on and so on. So um, there was a moment where, as you say, probably two years ago, we said, right, by, it's, it's a moment. It, it's a moment to call it bioleadership. Mm. The Amani process and this bioempathy uh, module gave me the confidence to do that. It just felt like it's a moment in time, you know. For the first 18 months, I think a lot of my mind was really in, in how we legitimize it, you know. Uh, and I, I, I say this, it's not a word that I often use. I don't really think about how to legitimize things. Mm. <laughs> I just give them a go. B but... um. 
but I was I, I was kind of quite busy getting on and doing stuff, doing what we do with Way of Nature, guiding beautiful programs, but trying to bring in some of these learning principles and nature-inspired learning principles into my work that I do with organizations or in change processes and leadership and so on and so on. And But very quickly, the different bits came together. And I think in the context of this moment, the narrative is it's absolutely fine to say we're going to do a different form of leadership because the dominant story is broken. Mm. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So anybody that is questioning, cynical, um, you know, doubtful, th- there is no longer ground to stand on. The, the, the dominant story of how we lead things is spent. Mm. Um, like we look around here in the garden, we've got, indicators of how life sustains itself like how valid is that (laughs) say let's reconnect with life and go from there over the course of the last 18 months all of a sudden um different kinds of practitioner people like yourself uh, organizations um like patagonia you know who i know are often referred to as a beacon and pioneering stuff but i'm working with them there's a there's enough people who've said this is real and it's needed and it's moving to make it feel like, okay, we've got traction with it all and the world needs it. Let's grow it from here. Uh, so it's very exciting. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's, I think that's a really, that's a, yeah, I connect with that observation because it does feel like this stuff's been, yeah, it's been bubbling really on the edges for a long time. Mm. And I think it is interesting and to see that, yeah, I'm fascinated. At, I, mean, I guess this is the back into these, all these theories of change and it still feels like, you know, this is super early days, but what is, do you think, in your experience, because you've been working with some really interesting organisations in the last year, what are you learning with these organisations? I mean, you must be, it must be a pretty a pretty uh, interesting period of time for your own practice, right? Mm. And what are you learning from people in, in the organisations you're working with? What's the sort of, what's the vibe, I guess? Yeah. Why, are they, why are they wanting to lean into this work? I've got a feeling something is... One thing I want to say is it feels like we are building on lots of work that's happened, you know, for many years, really. Decades, probably, right? For sure. (laughs) And and, and And I was going to say that. And traditions and ways of being that are centuries Centuries, and centuries old. You know, and and, and it's nice to... For me, it's nice to sort of honour that and, and, and mention that. That's an, I, I've had an, uh, been having some quite interesting riffs on this in some of these. I had a chat with Chris Salisbury on this one about what I often feel is the you know this obsession with the future mm. um, in culture, in business, particularly in business, mm. just obsession with technological breakthroughs and um, newness, and that yeah. the, the, the answers are always ahead. Um, right and almost a, a, you know a, a sort of a, 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 a real unwillingness to look back for for wisdom um hmm. and again i'm sensing that's changing in some places but i mm. still this obsession or, or again the story i think of this you know this you know which for me in my sort of layman's term is the sort of myth of progress you know so that, mm. that the betterness is always ahead you know? mm. um but what you just said about you know honoring that that wisdom and we've been talking about this a lot that, you know all this intelligence that that sits in our past and our ancestry and you know deep intelligence and wisdom 
yeah. that feels like, you know, um, we're crying out for right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. but then bringing that in through our, through our more kind of, you know, our modern world, our, our more modern systems, but sort of, again, how do we start to integrate or find ways to bring this in? Because, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just something that's just, you know, it's just interesting to me, this, this sort of sense of that story that says, you know, what has been and gone is sort of, you know, was nice and, but you know, yeah, we know so much better now. It's sort of, you yeah, know what I mean? We're looking for the next <laughs> glossy thing that's coming. Yeah. yeah, and I think that yeah. stuff, how that starts to come into leadership, you know, this, yeah. this, this, you know, this kind of ability to sort of honor sort of more ancient wisdom and intelligence and think, well, how, how can why, how can we call on that now? How would I bring yeah. that into? Um, I mean, if I link that to what you were saying before about w- what am I learning and what am I seeing. It, and also linked to to what we're talking about 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 this moment it, it's funny because i feel a bit like um a few things have been stewing and all of a sudden they've come together at the same time uh there's the ecological situation and in it feels like maybe in the last 18 months there's a greater mainstream recognition of the climate the situation um and of course, carbon in the atmosphere and the climate is only one aspect of what we're doing to Earth systems. But it's, it's the one it's one aspect that's in the mainstream. We're getting there. There's I feel like over the last ten years, there's been something about purpose and meaning. You know, and I, I was having a giggle. It's a bit more of some of your industries when advertising started to say that they were going to do more purposeful stuff. <laughs> um, but that's been happening. You know, people have been talking about purpose. I think uh, certain people, I mentioned Gary Hamill, uh, there's a guy called Frederick Laloux who's done the work on reinventing organizations. There's been a conversation about, um, oh, h- how, how do we transform human systems to be more adaptable and uh, uh, dynamic and innovative and ultimately potentially more human? I think Laloux's work points towards that. And I, and I think there's been a whole thing about spirituality as well, you know, like, oh, how do we find, you know, ourselves how do we reconnect with something bigger how do we connect with nature and maybe maybe those conversations have been sort of swishing around each other for for our lifetimes and now they seem to be kind of crisscrossing across each other and forming one something new i'm just playing with that a little bit um but 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 now we have pockets where all of those things are coming together um it's individual it's connected it's systemic it's about how we change uh, organizations and structures so yeah i i, I, I yeah. know um yeah and i think it's funny because i see also that i sort of see again you know um there was a very i grew up in my first you know years of working it felt like the culture was very excessive a very sort of you know the 90s and it really was sort of 80s late 80s 90s i mean it felt like it was the birth of consumer like proper consumer the 90s yeah, yeah. 80, 80s you know. 80s 90s definitely yeah because yeah. I, I i i can remember you know i can remember <laughs> i remember my dad coming back from some sort of business trip and he had this sony walkman oh and it wow. was and it was and he bought one for me and one for my brother he'd, i think he'd been to japan and one was white and one was black 
and not only you know the idea of a walkman you know which you'd seen the first which this idea of but then these like really like personalized you know sort of like things and i was talking about this someone uh recently about i remember like that whole that was such a moment on so many levels but in many also I, for me it's almost a sort of a slight moment of starting to turn slightly inwards that whole you know this sort of what I've away away thing. from it or yeah well i've got this thing no, 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 oh i see you can you can shut yourself off right yeah, right but i've got this high, i've got this beautiful shiny thing yeah which was amazing but it's also sort of like allowing me to sort of disconnect from i get it do you know what i mean yes of course um, yeah 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 i i am um, i really miss the fa cup <laughs> and and i used to sit with my grandmother and watch i don't know Blackburn, I can't remember the well, probably yeah. typically Man United at the yeah. time, wasn't it? But those events where 20 million people would be watching the same right. thing, or the Generation Game, yeah. or Silla Black on television. <laughs> Maybe it's something different, but I know what you mean. We've yeah. all kind of fragmented and gone into our own selves. Yeah, but and and also just but how fast that whole and then and then beyond that. So there was this fragmenting, and then and then I just remember that this the start of this sort of consumerist idea yeah really kicking in yeah know, of just clothes and brands and stuff and you know and just yeah. like being so wowed by it all and like i remember like you know this and so there's a there's a bit of me like, like and i still sense that that's obviously you know we're in many ways you could say it's yeah i mean it's i was just, just coming who it was recently but talking about how you know the internet has sort of you know just fueled sort of hyper capitalism hyper consumption mm. because we can buy anything anywhere people mm. can create products and brands anywhere from anything you mm. know and market them anywhere and mm. like you can have stuff delivered at any moment anywhere you know what i mean so it's sort of like the internet in many ways was um you know i don't know it's sort of it feels a little bit like it's sort of colonized by the sort of that, that machine and but i wonder where you know it, again t looking to the edges it feels again i'm i guess i'm talking about probably those who've got some privilege to be experimenting more with their lives but but it feels that people are also looking for more m looking for more grounding more connection more meaning mm. even if it's not with the natural world they're looking for it with community they're looking for it with you know working on themselves more you know it does mm. feel like these these things are connected mm. searching for something um, and maybe that's part of this process. I think I, I would go with that. It's funny because obviously I look at things through the lens of wave nature, what we do there, but but it, I had a realisation last year that some of what we do with wave nature is remind every remind people or help people remember a sense of belonging because there's something so beautiful in a, in a, a wave nature process where you're alone you're in the wilderness and, and people really get that sense of like, I'm okay here. Um, and of course, they're miles and miles away from shopping malls, Facebook, you know, telephones, even friends in the pub. <laughs> you know, they're just themselves and, they, and it's such a lovely space to just feel like I'm actually totally fine and I'm good enough where I'm at at the moment. Um, and it shocks me. It, I... I, I um, uh, that moment when, unfortunately, you know, every now and again I still fly with my work. <laughs> um, we're all we're all we're all in this system. Yeah, um, but I I that moment when you walk through a duty free, and that they now kind of wind you, don't they? They extend the walk so that you're sort of um, 
uh, I, for me, it feels like an attack with smells and sensations and plastic bottles and ridiculous pictures of people in yeah, lipstick. It's completely mad. Um, so it's very, very, very hard to make space away from that. Uh, and we were talking just before we started the, the podcast with me for someone who was actually born in the 80s uh, or 90s. Well, you know, lots of people will be listening to this who were, but we're talking about, you know, sort of p- teenagers say, um, that, that's that's the state, that's the everyday. That's it, yeah. It's like the fishbowl and the and the water. Yeah. Well, it's that term, what's the term for it? I can't remember, it's some baseline thing, there isn't it? but you know, what you're born into is, is what you understand the world to be, isn't right, it? Right, yeah. So you're born into shopping malls and, you know, hideous traffic everywhere and air pollution and people, like, plugged into devices not talking to each other. That's sort of how you imagine the world to be. Mm. Um, which is, again, sort of why back to the mo- this moment sort of... How's this all going to unfold? Because <laughs> mm. um, I personally, I'm sort of re- revealing my sort of own inner madness here. But you know, <laughs> I've been, you know, as you, I'm sure you do. But I, you know, I've been having these stories in you know, these questions in my head for years. You know, I've been w- walking through. I, I picked up my old, um, actually, my master's project recently. I was reading it, and I remember, you know, it was a piece where I was sitting in an airport. Um, and totally freaking out, looking at everything on my tray, just going like, how was this made? Where's it going? Where's it going to end up? Mm. You know, this is pile of plastic in, the, in this tray. And, and I've st- I continue to have these stories, you know, I sort of often, I mean, I've got better now at sort of <laughs> letting, you know, not letting that stuff, that interference. But for many years, I found it very hard because mm. it's like this sort of almost this deeper questioning that starts to, happen when you're maybe starting to join the dots on what's really going on here Mm. and then but at the same time you're sort of you know needing to function and play a role in this thing because you're Mm. you're in it right unless i'm i don't know if that makes any sense but i'm that's what i'm really i guess that's what i'm really curious about right now and 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 this work that you're up to and many others i think are you know we're all moving in this kind of direction but through maybe different flavors of it but yeah but I'm 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 very curious. Like if we bring it back to now, back to the UK, we've got this climate emergency. You know, tomorrow is the global student strikes. Friday. You know, mm. I've had just from my experience. You know, I've had so many interchanges this week with my son, my daughter, with their schools, with stuff that's coming in about climate strikes, not being allowed to go, can be allowed to go. It's like, you know, it's just I don't know. It's just the extinction rebellion. That it just feels like. It's not going away. <laughs> no, it's no. not going to go away. No. So how is this going to start to unfold? Because I still feel there's, I'm getting a lot of people, I'm sensing lots of questions, more and more questioning, more more people really feeling that something is, we're, at a, we're, we're coming to a threshold. Mm. But still I imagine a huge amount of um, rejection or, or not, not really being able to step, not really being able to maybe fully realize open up to what's coming yeah when you're going in you know if you work and you're going into work every day or you know how is this i mean where where are your hunches of where this is where we're going to see more of this unfold yeah um maybe not a hunch but i can definitely say how i'm how i'm framing my navigation of this and and also the bio leadership work in a way that feels helpful 
Um, Help helps good for me. <laughs> yeah. it's, only psych- a, it's only a feeling I could be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what with the bioleadership, what what we've said is, imagine that there are three threads happening at the same time. Imagine that we could work at three with these three threads. You know, they're all important. The first thread is tr- is the clever thinking. It's tools and stories and models that help us think about, okay, okay, you know, where's the inspiration for new ideas and how do we apply it? So you might say, hey, you know, here's a neat interpretation of how nature works so we can apply that to to a human system. We were talking about optimization before. Nature works through optimization, so how do we design a city with optimization? Fine, it's really important. It's it's still the same level of thinking, as how we've been thinking for the last century. Back to the quote that you said about, you know, we, we can't think our way of what we've been behaving. You know, so so um, so the second thread of of uh, the bioleadership work says, what is the stuff that we need to cultivate more internally as qualities for living and being that might be more rooted in it's it's intangible. But it's stuff related to connection, uh, awareness, um, presence, resilience, adaptability, care, love. Um, now we, 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 our generations, didn't have that in our school syllabus. <laughs> you know, no, nobody taught me how to. Sort lots of, of fear. Like lots of fear. <laughs> Panic. Do well. Do better. Go faster. Yeah, go. Beat quickly. everyone else. Get ahead of everyone. Right. So, so, and but interestingly, there are also qualities that you can't sort of write about in a textbook. You you have to you have to feel them. So, uh, alongside the clever ideas, we're a proper nature. Off yes, going on right we're having a right sort of um, uh, sort so of mini a safari. Bio leadership <laughs> moment <laughs> yeah. right here in the garden sprint. Um, a little bit lost Sorry, in hey. bird life there. <laughs> um, so the first thread is smart thinking. It's 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 good ideas. Um, that are applicable and we need a whole new generation of great ideas brilliant and some of those general ideas should be rooted in old wisdom fine but another whole part of it is ways of being and authentically properly making space for us to be able to work with each other with resilience and adaptability and deep listening and care and it comes back to that transactional analysis thing not because it's a nice thing to do, not because we're hippies dancing around fires, which we are, or <laughs> um, um, well you and I are, um, but but um, because it's absolutely the next sort of like necessity in learning and how we develop ourselves and our human system. So that's that's the second part, and then the third thread is about um, collective learning. You know, none of us can do this by ourselves. Uh, so what are the different forms of how we learn not just as individuals not just as the two of us in this conversation but as a collective system and and um and learning includes things like ooh, what language do we use to try to shift culture or, uh, what innovation methods might we use to weave something into a dominant uh, paradigm but also what are the belief systems that we're carrying that we need to work with in order to shift what we're doing like i believe I need more stuff or I believe I'm good enough to bring this to the world, you know? So 
it's a whistle-stop tour of actually what we're doing with bioleadership. We're saying we need a whole new set of narratives, stories, tools, one. We need a different way of working as ourselves internally with a different set of qualities. And we, we need um, different ways to connect uh, as a system, as a field, in order to introduce something new to the world. And there are there are beautiful stories happening in all of those spaces. Mm. Um, no one's doing all of them at the same time, but there are definitely beautiful seeds that mean there are many kinds of action that we can keep building on. One of the things that's quite live for me at the moment is... Um, is so if I look at say the the creative industries and um, communications industries, advertising, marketing, branding, you know, of which you know I've always had a foot in that space. And while I'm not um, a practitioner in that main consumption model anymore, um, I'm I have many peers there, and I still you know I'm I'm always. Uh, yeah, probably have been frustrated for many years about the lack of ability to see how that whole system could be used in a way that's more regenerative for people and planet, let's say. But so thinking now, like the, you know, the bit I think I posted about this last week, but the, you know, the Extinction Rebellion um, call out to the ad industry. Mm. That's a really interesting uh, uh dynamic and what what i'm what i'm struggling with although i would love to see that and the conversation i've started having with a few people in agencies right now is that so th the current paradigm says you know each each brand each agency is highly competitive um it's there to achieve breakthrough creative work that wins awards and does great things and sells loads of stuff and makes brands famous, you mm. know, and businesses rich financially. That's sort of, that's the, that's the thing, regardless of how it's whatever, that's really the model. So if we're moving into this paradigm of, you know, moving to an optimized way of being, moving to a way of you know, regeneration, there has to be, that idea can't exist. I mean, it can exist in, you know, there's, there's they can have elements of, of that kind of, you know that kind of culture because you need you know you, you need competition in healthy systems you don't need to wipe it out mm. but you need a lot more cooperation and you need a lot better relationships and understanding to keep the system healthy right so how d and i guess so let's bring it back to a really practical thing but say i'm a i'm a leader in 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 these businesses right now mm. you know my whole my whole my whole sort of existence has been built on that you know getting ahead being better mm. winning 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 yeah mm. so if i'm to lean into this to face into what is coming to this you know to to ecological collapse to climate breakdown my model has to so rapidly shift mm. uh, but i also have to if i really am going to courageously step up i also need to use this ingenuity to help others understand very quickly what is happening yeah. so that we can play a part in the system shift, right? Yeah. Because culture shifts, culture change is, is often the thing that will lead political change, et cetera, et cetera. So bring it right back by leadership of the stuff. So how, how can we break through? Can we imagine, you know, different organizations sitting together, 
working together because that feels like we need without this can't be again just you know lone wolf stuff there has to be some collaboration going on here but i just i'm interested in how that that might unfold or are you seeing any signals of that in your because it's still very much an organization aware of its relationship to the rest of the world but still having to operate in this kind of you know we've got to look after ourselves type mentality. I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't know how we get there, but it feels like a really, you know, th we've been talking about this, you and I and many people, about how do we open up collaborations, mm. but it still feels like so difficult to unlock that because mm. we have to really expose ourselves to sort of move into that space, don't D we? Definitely. I I'm with you with everything you said uh, and framing it as a question, and, and I don't know if we can do much more than... Mm hold it as an inquiry mm. um but an inquiry isn't passive for me it doesn't mean that we just hold it as a question yeah. and walk away from it uh you know you and i share some of this language i think um i'm, I'm using that term deliberately because i think what might be happening is we're exploring how to create different spaces where organizations come together and ask questions in a different way and i think i'm saying inquiry because it deliberate it deliberately it means it says we're in unstable ground we're in an uncertain ground and uh and a natural reflex is to want to control something of course um keep yourself afloat hold on survive sort of almost. well and keep meaning keep, right. keep meaning of the world um um, I think it, I think it's okay to say it, but you know I'm doing a bit of work with Patagonia, and mm -hmm. I know Patagonia asks questions in Europe at least about how do you measure what you're doing, and they're, like, well, they're actually not. They're saying, you know, and 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 a new mission statement is uh, we're in business to save our home planet. Yeah, I lo I love that, yeah. I, uh, but at the same time, it's insane. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's yeah. bonkers. Yeah, and of course, so many people, even within the business, beyond the business, is well, what does that mean? How do you measure it? How do you and it says something about this moment of time where like we just have to have a go. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we, we know the truth. We have to have a go. So rather than have a beautifully crafted strategy that has been created by five people in a fancy room that doesn't really reach people at a heart level, you know, let's ask really courageous questions that we can convene around. Um, and I don't know if it's happening in that many places, but it feels like enough people are saying we need to do stuff like that mm. to, to give it a go to give it a go um there's a nice project that i that i worked on where we introduced some of these principles it was with a university in the northwest and and um I, I'll, I'll say the story very very briefly but effectively it was about working on on social enterprise and i said let's stop trying to plan this and ask people in the region what they think is important and they came up with a few themes like sustainable f sustainable food sources uh health inequality is a big issue uh, zero hour contracting is a big issue and we just invited different groups who worked around those themes to come together and i worked with a handful of people who represented that system to get good at asking questions um and to guide people in exploring questions together. And it, and it was such a lovely example of not trying to plan the hell out of it, not trying to control it, not trying to predict what the future will be, but navigating together by asking human questions and doing a little bit of, a little bit of letting go 
of that control. Um, it comes to me right back to what we were saying, that dynamic of moving away from hierarchies and creating living systems. We still need clarity. We still need guiding principles. We still need something that maybe feels like DNA that says from the inside of a movement, how do we know if we're working well? That's different to having a top-down plan. Yeah, and that's that's the piece that feels like maybe this this next step, and that's a co-creation process to maybe create these kind of guiding principles in in organisations yeah. in order then to you know unlock the the wave of response where there is some guidance, but there's enough there's enough guidance that's been that's been co-created by a much bigger kind of system of mm. you know participants, if you like, beyond just you know, senior management, shareholders, whatever, that's been sort of co-created by the whole kind of system of an organization. Yeah. And then that that set of that set of principles, that kind of map, if you like, is then is then what what is used, I guess, to to, to move into this next phase of <laughs> of 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 yeah, of what unfolds from yeah. from this moment that we're in. Yeah. because um, that's and it's funny, jumping back to the moment, so even if you look at the even you know, just the, you know, the Extinction Rebellion, you know, citizens' assemblies idea. I mean, these are all, mm. you know, these are all co-creation type uh, processes, if you like. Mm. Um, uh, and increasingly, they these things feel like critical pieces. Whether you're in an organisation, a business, an institution, you know, these kind of next steps feel really key. That they are designed by in an open way with multiple perspectives and so that these you know and and through a process i guess which allows much deeper exploration of yeah and questioning right yeah um yeah i really like it you you you're making me think about joanna macy and her work and in her in her work she says we have these three dimensions to the great turning no and yeah the work reconnects Y- yeah one. well within all of that right the, the, Joanna Macy says the first there are three kinds of actions that we can take and people might recognize this but it's nice to say them yeah the the the, the, the great turning is this next phase that you're talking about if we crack it if we get it right future generations might say that was the phase of humanity which we will call the great turning when we managed to turn the ship around and rebalance and care and get get things long-lasting and, and sustainable and and protective of life anyway mm. so so there are three kinds of action the first kind of action is are holding actions to slow down the things that are destructive erosive um damaging and so on we can we, can, we need to act to stop those things extinction rebellion is such a brilliant you know handbrake on that that's the kind of action we need new alternatives that's the second kind of action Things that will bring a new surface to the system, uh, you know. B- and th- the third action is um, a new level of consciousness. And such a big word, isn't it? But even if we take it to be having better conversations where we let go a little bit of the ego of our own desires and wants and so mm. on. And so And it's the space that I think I hear in, in what some of what you're saying. Mm. It's... Um, different space to say okay let's let go of our own individual stuff mm. or at least hold it in a different way so that we can bring something new yeah um yeah i mean i'm 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 
I'm totally fascinated by that element on, and I've, and you know I've experienced a lot of it of how when that when we do when we do quieten our quieten our cleverness as Duke Stump used to say mm. and we are and we do allow ourselves to really listen to others and we do allow a lot more voices to be heard a we learn so much about ourselves <laughs> but then we create this new knowledge you know that's mm. kind of like that has a kind of it's got community baked into it because it's been co-created you know just through that process of even just listening exactly and, and building that in as a regular practice making that the new norm you know <laughs> we've been doing even just bringing it right back to now you know um me and uh my, and Seema, my wife we've been just bringing more we've been we've went on this retreat and we've come back and we've been trying to bring there's a lot of circle work you know in in the retreat and we just said to each other why, why don't we try and bring this back into the home mm. like because you know i've got two kids that are teenage now and mm. one that's and there's just it's a lot of complexity and chaos going on at home you know and mm. we're just like why don't we just bring that why don't we just bring that in let's try it you know and we just started trying it and it's just been unbelievable mm. like in terms of and the kids of us were a bit like well here go mum and dad have been to amsterdam what's going on there but <laughs> like but they broke through pretty fast and now it's that we do it every week and you can just feel the release wow. in the in in our unit wow and actually they're asking for it after three weeks so good then it's you know great what I mean? but but all i'm saying is you know again it's not this stuff isn't difficult is it it's like um it's just it's just it's just it's just start it's just the being able to take the step to start right. doing it because once you start doing it you realize it's regenerative it, it's 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 helping us move forward right it's helping us let go of the shit that's dragging us down on right, a daily right, basis right. or filling our minds yeah it's so interesting because just before you said this shit is not difficult i was thinking <laughs> well i wonder if that's the most difficult part we you know we we've got the technology we we can lock ourselves in laboratories and create new stuff and machines and solutions we can work out with engineering know all of these um, it, humanity has progressed so much in what we can do materially but creating spaces where we can actually genuinely deeply listen into each other with a sense of care with uh, a common intention with um uh, a little a little intention within that to really support each other with the capacity to sort of let go um we barely touched the surface of that, I think, in our times. Yeah, it's reminding me of, um, there's a, just, you know, just keep the quotes flowing, but there's a guy, I forget his name, he's a futurist, I'll have to stick it in the show notes, but it's a, it's a, it's a, a thought that I've been using a lot over the last, since I stumbled across it, which was like, um, you know, um, what was it? The, the most profound breakthroughs of the 21st century will not be technological, they'll be breakthroughs in what it means to be human. And uh, and that's just like that's what I'm carrying at the moment. That's sort of why I'm trying I'm trying to bring that into things as much mm. as I can, because you know I know tech. You know, of course, we'll keep innovating and stuff. But we've got you know we've got so much technology. We have so much. It's like, mm. but if we don't, you know, you know, it's we've got to you know this what it means to be human. This this it's building our spiritual capacity. Mm. You know, we have so much technological capacity. Mm. Um, so I'm really, yeah, really interested in. We won't fix it that way. 
yeah. we won't we won't fix it by trying to kind of be smart with ideas. I just don't believe that anymore. I mean, I don't think I've ever believed it really. I'm being a bit, I'm advocating it a little bit, but because there's something really beautiful in it, which is um, in our own bio leadership work, there's a there's a practice group, and it's just an, again an, an inquiry we're exploring how to bring more of it to the world, how to do a bit more of it, and we got together for a, a gathering a few weeks back, and we were talking so much, trying to work it out in the in, in our heads, and. I came away thinking, if only we'd have started from a place of kindly listening to each other. Like, It sounds cheesy to say it, but just hearing where everybody was at with what they needed and where they were in their lives and hearing a little bit about, you know, the kind of work that they'd want to be doing more of, it would it would have been a totally different place to start from. It's so easy to forget that, but um, that place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm... I'm really coming back to you know circle technology right now you know like just sit in a circle and uh, yes. shut up and just let everyone just get some stuff out and listen to them and then just you know move on from there and like you know that's a that's an ancient technology right but it's it works and i just wonder what even just that these kind of things i said because i think i always i do sense again at this moment you know the, the 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 panic that's probably starting to set in again is this is often I think because we're thinking within our different contexts that we're in how do I reinvent my life you know how do I reinvent my business so it, but even maybe the starting point is let's just start from this very human point you know the starting point of just being just kind of pausing and bringing some stillness and and just stop talking just shut up for a while do you know what i mean <laughs> i love it do you know what i mean i love it <laughs> just yeah. can everyone just shut up for a while and and because we don't it's always noisy have you noticed that how noisy humanity is i i, I read i saw this guy um I can't what his name is he's a um, icelandic musician is it olafur arnold i think it is oh the p- pianist yeah and he did a gig in bath uh, last year and he and he he said at one point he'd been out in bali and he'd been writing some music out. He was out there for, and he said there was this, there was this. I don't know when it was. It was over a, a new year or something. But they have this, they have this day, this day in Bali, which is a day of silence where everyone has to stop for the day. There's not, you know, you're not allowed to sort of drive any machinery, any power, nothing. Okay, all, and it's basically to let the non-human world have a break <laughs> from the human madness. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And he said it was just the most extraordinary experience. Oh. Yeah. And it made me think like, you know, God, you know, can we have a day like that? What, just what, you know oh, what I mean? Like, wonderful. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be? Just to stop silence, quiet. Well, that's how nature works. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. Mm. Um, yeah. And just I'm conscious of time. This It's been a wonderful exploration we could we could go on i know that we could go but, on, um, yeah. but um we'll we'll do another one down the line but um just to finish off so i always ask this question you know with the spaceship earth and uh um you know this idea that came with it that you know there are no passengers on the spaceship earth we're all crew and um i always ask that in the podcast just like what does what does right now what does that mean to you that that idea there are no passengers we're all crew we said it earlier, didn't we? Um, have a go. Love it. 
Thank you, mate. <laughs> there you go. That is the wisdom we all need. Just just have a go. Yeah. Simple. Thank you, mate. It's lovely to um, love you to talk. I'm going to put all. Is there anything just quickly? Is there anything um, coming up that f- you want to? You know, folks can find out more. I mean, I've put all the web links in the in the thing, but well, we, we you know different different um, ways of connecting with the bio leadership work. From we've started little evenings to three day introductory programs. Um, we're definitely calling out for, for practitioners because we want to hold this uh, sort of workshops and maybe a, a kind of gathering towards the end of the year to connect people just to exchange knowledge and stories around more of this stuff. Um, and always with Way of Nature, we'll guide um, nature quests to support people in going into the wild, spending time alone and bringing that wisdom back. And increasingly, because of this moment in time, we want to do more and more of that to support the great turning. So... If anybody wants to find out more about that, then it would be really lovely to get in touch. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Andres. Thank you. Take it easy. We'll we'll uh, we'll be in touch again. I'm sure. Yeah. Big Bristol hug. Thank Cheers, you. man. <laughs> Cheers, man. So that was Andres Roberts. Um, what a wise man Andres is. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, do check his work out. Links below. Um, and get involved uh lots of different ways where you can connect with his work um courses uh as an individual as well as organization um so check that out i hope you enjoyed the show um please do share with anyone who you think might like this one um and yeah give me some feedback uh dan at the spaceship.earth always appreciate it if anything in this conversation has touched you as well um I'm doing a lot of work now around these issues and helping kind of folks lean into them, particularly folks from sort of creative businesses, um, how to face into what is coming fast, how to step into this challenge, how to um, think about evolving um, what you do. This is all really ripe, interesting inquiries for me. So if any of this connects with you and you want to chat further about it, do reach out got a newsletter coming as well you can uh, sign up for that on the spaceship.earth you'll see the newsletter just pop your mail in um it's not going to be uh, i'm aiming for a monthly one um just the latest podcasts and then a few bits and pieces from my travels uh, exploring um the challenges opportunities and beauty of uh living more in tune with this planet um so yeah sign up uh, for all of that Likewise, if you um, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, give us a review, give us a rating. It all helps. It helps others find the podcast. So, you know, reviews are good. There's a few down there on Apple Podcasts, but I'd love a couple more. You know, please, Governor, could you give us a little cheeky review? Thanks, mate. That'd be really useful. Um, yeah, anyway, you can if you do, that's great because it just means other people find it. And that's lovely because it means more listeners, which is lovely, too. Um, and yeah, and so finally, I guess I was thinking, um, I think I might need some help with this uh, podcast, so I'm going to put it out there, you know, um, I know sometimes it's, um, it's a bit slowly these episodes come, that's mainly because I record them and just have no time to put them out, takes a bit of time, takes a bit of time to do all this stuff, you know, in amongst all the other craziness. So um, if someone's out there and they fancy making me a nice jingle, for example, do I need a jingle? Might be quite nice. What would the Spaceship Earth 
podcast with Dan Burgess jingle sound like? How cosmic would it be? Would it be pumping techno or would it be more ethereal and sort of mm, slightly spiritual in nature? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that might be quite nice. And then, you know, if you're in sort of some sort of editing ninja and uh, you're interested in helping me out, uh, I've got loads more coming. But I'm just, I'm yeah, I'm struggling to keep on top of it all. Basically, I'm having a breakdown. Um, obviously, I have a budget of absolutely nothing. Uh, a couple of stickers um, and lots of love from me. But, you know, I can sense, I can sense there's a there's a sponsor coming down the line. They're starting to sniff the beauty in this conversational thing called the Spaceship Earth. And I think they're, they're being attracted like bees, like we're starting to flower. Slowly, we're flowering flowering and budding onto the internet of audio um so yeah so if you start you know getting involved now that you know obviously when the big sponsorship package drops um you know it'll all be sweet anyway um i'll leave it on that though but you know if you know anyone or know anyone who knows anyone then um yeah it's dan at the spaceship dot earth otherwise folks um thanks again for listening in i really do appreciate it it means a lot when people um, get in touch and people are listening and sharing and stuff and that's what it's all about so remember folks there are no passengers on spaceship earth we are all crew until next time peace and out <laughs>